0: But if you can go to bed at each night and and realize that you did something that matters, then you will make a big impact in the world.
1: I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships. healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Do what you love and you never have to work a day in your life. We've all had a mentor, professor, counselor, parent, who has shared this piece of advice, But can we really choose a career based on what we love? A career that's going to determine the quality of our life? Or should we choose something we're actually good at? Because let's face it, passion is not always accompanied by talent. Talent has to be nurtured and developed. Passion also doesn't guarantee success even if you're good at what you do. So do we instead choose something that we're actually good at? Or should your decision be guided by something else entirely? Maybe whatever pays the best? I'm sure money and prospects also matter when we're choosing profession. There's a reason so many of us pursue our passion as a side hustle while working at a job that can help us pay the bills. There's a lot that goes into this decision. Because passion, purpose, skill, practicality, all of these elements influence the career path we choose for ourselves. But which factor should be prioritized over the other? That's what we're going to find out in today's episode with our guest, Mark Villarreal, is a business coach, consultant, and a three-time international best-selling author with eight published books, Mark has spent 35 years in corporate America with 21 years at the C-level reporting to the CEO or president. He's passionate about leadership and soft skills in addition to helping individuals develop for long-term success. Basically the perfect guy for today's conversation. He has shared his wisdom on several platforms and today he's going to help you decide how best to choose the right career path and once you are in the right place, how best to cultivate that position, build on it and make an impact in your chosen field. So let's get to it. There's a whole um, sort of group of people who believe that you should follow your passion but then there are all these other people who think that there's a lot more to uh, a career decision than just your passion. So I would love sure. to hear you come down on that.
0: Well, I mean, here's when you say follow your passion. I think where some of the uh, roadblocks come is understanding what your passion really is, because uh, and I'll use my uh, uh, one of my daughters for example, where she believed she was following her passion, went and and gained a degree and then couldn't get work in that degree and then went back and gained another degree following her passion and then she really took a step back to assess what her passion really was and now she is following her passion she's 40 years old but she's uh, in medical school and doing very well and uh, so it took her time to assess what her passion is okay so so, sometimes i would say there's a misperception Uh, I even recognized this in our youngest son, and he's 26 now, just graduated neurology at the University of Texas, to uh, his perception was passion of where can I make money? You know, so he put the wrong things in different orders. And this is why in my books, uh, I speak about, in fact, one of my books is Mission, Vision, and Values. Uh, So I'm a a big... uh, supporter of really identifying what are your personal mission, vision, and values. And this is exactly what uh, a script for aspiring women leaders, what I teach them to do, because uh, I call that uh, define what you will live by. In other words, so if you don't know what you will live by, what you will stand on, meaning uh, my my mother used to tell me, and you know, one of my books is uh, Leadership Lessons for Mom. So I quote my mom. I quote my mom a lot. So but she would always say values are what you live by. You need to live them daily, but principles are what you stand on. Meaning uh, a lot of people use those terms interchangeably where if a value uh, only becomes a principle is if it's automatic. If you, know, you say your value is integrity or an ethics and we're in the same room and you leave your chair and there's $5 underneath it and I just put it in my pocket, I'm lying about my value and it didn't become a principle. So principles are your values in action. And uh, so I actually, when I work with people, advise them, let's take a step back and define who you are first. What, it, what are the values that you say you will always live by, always make your decisions by, and your decisions are who are your friends? Who, where do you wanna work? What type of career will you have? Uh, who will be your, your spouse? you know uh right yeah you know, all all those things uh, are are your values and then then what is your mission because uh your personal mission companies and organizations and I work with them all the time on building their mission statement and their values and their vision but even personally your personal mission uh, statement will define why you exist right so once you define your mission statement and your values and principles, then we can say, are you good with these? Are you going to live by them? Because then we'll start working on what, what you will live for, which are what are your goals and objectives? So let's define what are your skills, what are your knowledge, where you need to grow and, and, and how we're going to get you there. I believe that when you do those two things, then you help define what you're going to do for your your career, Uh, and you will have better success. And I've seen it with those I work for, you know that 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 I I serve, you know, and uh, it's uh, as we do those messages, guys. You know, once again, it's define what you will live by, and then define what you will live for uh, when you. Look for an employer, and I talk about this in the millennial factor as well. Is look at their mission statement, and look look at their values and principles, and do they align with yours? Many mistakes people make is, and sometimes it's out of need. So sometimes you know it's necessary. I need a job; I got to pay my bills. But uh, they take uh, employment where they know that the values of the organization and the mission statement do not align with their own. Advise uh, all organizations that uh, you need to hire people who align with your culture, and that starts with your mission, uh, vision, and your values. And there's ways to do that before you hire them, uh, before you know, uh, on how you post for opportunities, to how you interview them, uh, to what how you communicate on day one when you hire them, and then how you uh, manage them moving forward each step of the way. Doesn't mean you will, will not ever hire the wrong people. We, we do all the time. But when you have the right culture and you hire one wrong person, everyone else recognizes and they stick out like a sore thumb and it, you're able to take action and weed them out quickly. This, it, they're just not a fit. It's, it stands out because everyone is protective of the culture. So, So hopefully that answers your question a little bit there. Yeah, Uh,
1: but speaking from the employee's perspective, like if you lack clarity around your own uh, mission, around your own goals and principles and values, then uh, if you show up for an interview, the employer is not going to, that's not the employer's job to figure out what you need, right? That should be our job. And this is especially true for millennials that they lack clarity and they label, uh, they put the label of passion on whatever i think makes their life a little bit easier so if following xy career path is somewhat easier they may uh, you know in a misguided attempt to simplify their life they might label it their passion so that's like the ongoing debate what's better following the practical route and uh, following money or or maybe following whatever leads you closer to your skill set versus following your passion but then as you said like with your with the example of your daughter it takes, it, it's a process. You've got to find your passion.
0: Absolutely. And that's why I say sometimes it's not immediate. So I, I do believe uh, there's a piece of following your passion, but sometimes that takes stages. And I'll explain. That's why, so let me say, so my first advice is follow your personal mission and your values and principles that you've established for yourself. Because if you did that and you're still defining your passion. You're at least satisfied where you're employed. Uh, you, you're, you're, And uh, you can add value to that as you're discovering more of your passion and that's opening up. And sometimes too, you may understand what your passion is, but reality is you can't get there in six easy steps. Let me just say that. Right, So, so right. absolutely. So uh, I, I'm a prime example of... Uh, I knew early on in my career that uh, because I've always first started in management and uh, I even had struggles. I I tell the story that when I was 20 years old, I was terminated from uh, being a manager. Uh, But I I discovered the book, The One Minute Manager. Great book. And um, it changed my life because it really taught me there's a difference between a manager and a leader. And that book is really how do you transition from manager to leadership? And it's serving people, catching people, doing something right. It's not just keeping status quo. That's what started to open the door for my passion. Because I, as I became a leader, I became very, I modeled that book and was very successful. That uh, in my, you know I always moved up where I was at, whatever organization I was a part of. But it taught me that to match my values and my mission, and I've expanded on that more, that's why I write about that so much, that I've I, from that point, I enjoyed, I was selective on where I applied, who I worked for, uh, stood on my values and principles, uh, made sure that I worked for organizations that were transparent, that were what I call first team. First teams mean that I have, uh, they will be open to my opinions and feedback, even when I disagree. And but they make it safe that I'm allowed to be vulnerable and disagree professionally, as long as I know that I've been heard, and that once they make a decision, whether it had any input of mine or not, I will own it as my own. So that's the strength of a leader. Uh, so the organizations I've worked for allowed that, uh, and. This allowed me to really work on how I developed others. In in other words, uh, in fact, I think my LinkedIn says that the more I realized how I developed, uh, focused on other success, other people, mine came naturally. Whereas sometimes the opposite side is it's about me. It's how can I help drive people and to success? So I understood that my passion was coaching and development. Right. But it it took me working in organizations to coach and develop people. But when I was vice president, in fact, one of the things I, I do in my workshops is I explain: Look, I was a vice president of a five million dollar organization, a fifty million, a five hundred million, and I tell them that I said, "My ego is not my own ego." One of my mom's quotes uh, that. Uh, because what works in a small organization, works in a medium, works in a large. And I, have, I did work for an organization out here called the Cesar Chavez Foundation. That's a $5 billion organization. So it, it everything works the same. You just have to scale it differently. But in that $500 million organization, uh, when traveling with the CEO, when he asked me if money, if pay wasn't an object, what would you do? What What is your passion? And I said, I would sit next to people all day and coach them. So that's my passion. So I let them know that's my passion. And But I was able, because I, I coordinate it and correlate it, so the, my, mission, my personal mission and my value systems with the principles with those I was employed with, and made sure that I didn't sacrifice them, and decisions I made always pointed back to them, I was able to work my way up to where finally today I'm living my passion. It wasn't immediate. Right. I was able to learn and, and develop more of my passion through the years. But eventually it's like, well, now I'm going to uh, move out of the business industry. I was in corporate America for 35 years, uh, but, and uh, a part owner in one of the, uh, one of the businesses that you know, I sell my interest, and this is what I'm going to do. And. Obviously, you know, written many books, but uh, you know, some people need to realize if I, uh, what are my mission and my values first, right? And I need to align with those. And so, uh, by uh, your values and the principles, what that brings is contentment and happiness, uh, and that can lead into your passion. So, right. Yep.
1: Okay, so identifying, having a very clear idea of what your values are, what your objectives are, what you're willing to live for, and then following that path and hopefully it will lead you to your passions eventually. Um, But then where does skill set come into it? Like a lot of people, uh, maybe when you're a student, you realize you have a natural flair for something, like you are just better at maths, but maths is not where your interest lies so then it now i know that a lot of entrepreneurs would advise people follow your skills and as when you follow your skills and you keep getting better and better and better at that field that field will become your passion i know that some people have uh, like made their own career an example of that statement but again that's not to advise a high school kid or a college kid that may not sound like the the most interesting or the most Sort of the best advice for them. They may not be so as inclined to follow that advice.
0: You bring up a great example. So one of the things in my teachings and you know, within the books as well is to identify your skill sets, uh, your and your traits. Uh, and I I have assessments that do that. So it goes through e- each of them to help identify. And it's not only skill sets of am I good at math and those type of things, but uh, what are my leadership traits? And, 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 and I like to do leadership traits, no matter whether you're a leader or not. You know, uh, I, I, I always explain that uh, if you're a high school student, uh, you can have leadership skills. You, you know, when you're in a business, you don't have to be a manager to be a leader. So, uh, and, and I can tell you that uh, leadership skills, though, can take you more places than not having them. So this is why it's important to identify them. So as you identify that in your skill sets, then um, we do a thing of identify the qualities that come from the skill sets because uh, I will disagree with if you're great in math and then follow that and you enjoy it because I'm great in math. So okay, so you're speaking to someone that uh, it was math was easy to me. It is to my son as well. And but the qualities of math brought about logic and reason and critic and critical thinking. So if you start pulling out, and I always say list three qualities of something that you're real good at. Okay. Then it's like, how can I work with those qualities then to identify my passion? Because then when I'm working and once I again when I start really in my passion is love watching people develop, then my logic is what well, is to explain and put plans together on why it works. The reasoning is to understand then uh, what motivates them, right? And the critical thinking is how can I work uh, overcoming not only my hurdles, but their hurdles? You know, uh, early in my career, I had the natural gift of what was called a turnaround specialist, meaning uh, I could go into a struggling organization, identify what needed turning around and work on turning it around. I never, it was never it to hey, Mark did all this. I had to do it through people. But the way uh, that math brought me into that with logic and reason and critical thinking is I was able to identify who the true leaders were because there's sometimes people on a leadership team that are not. And many times there's people on the staff members that are, that might be future leaders of the organization as well. Uh, Then it's, how do I teach critical thinking and problem solving to them? So, so I'm using the example of my skill was math, but the qualities of math was logic, reason, critical thinking. And I utilize that to really identify how can I use that to expand my passion? One of the uh, other skills I have is communication. So once again, what are some of the qualities of someone with good communication skills? Well, influence, right, persuasion, right, and negotiation. So each time you say so uh, communication. So what I mean, what what can I do if I followed my passion on communication instead of now I have the math that brought logic and reason, but I have the ability to persuade and to influence, right? And, and John Maxwell, who uh, fellow author, uh, fantastic on servant leadership, says leadership in one word is influence. How do you influence and make an impact with people? Uh, so I started streamlining those qualities and said, if in my heart I believe my passion is this, but do the qualities of I have from my skill sets align with that? And and that's what I was able to show. Does does that help?
1: Yes, yes. That's actually a great idea. So if you're really good at something and but that's not like the direct area of our interest, then we can Figure out what qualities uh, that skill is suggestive of and then build something on those qualities instead of building directly on that particular skill. I think that's really helpful. But this uh, brings up another question I have. And I ask a lot of my guests on the show this. um, But in a professional capacity, when it comes to your career path, you uh, have very clearly told me that our values, our, our principles matter, our goals matter, our mission statement matters. And the qualities that our skills suggest we have matters how do we assess all of this when you're making key decisions in your career is there like a process you can follow is there like a way to evaluate yourself to assess all of these like all of these factors
0: well well there are assessments out there i i, I mean I, I do have them in my book a script for aspiring women leaders and in fact uh, uh one of the top reviews on it say this isn't just for women men could use this too but um, to take a step back, my mom always told me that because uh, she was real big on character, you know, and she would say, always find good mentors, no matter how high you grow. So with everything that I provide, and others provide as well, there's there's other great tools out there that do the same thing that mine do. But mine, uh, I will say, I try to break it down to where it's simplified without overthinking. So, you know, and it masters on each other, each step masters on it. But the dangers of sometimes evaluating yourself without any checkpoints is you'll answer it the way you wanna hear it or perceive it. Yeah. And that's why not only having mentors, but then uh, the process that I have is what's called a 360, which means that you find up to five people who are peers or people that you say know you well, that you have them do the same thing on yourself. Right. So evaluate me on my traits, evaluate me on my qualities on, you know, on each of these categories. Um, give me examples, you know, of you know, whether it's it's personal or professional. And so whether you know have at least one strong mentor, but I always suggest always seek more. To have your have peers that you value their opinion, but you really ask them look, this is for my benefit. Please be honest with me. Because if you uh, were to evaluate yourself and you shall, I believe this is a strength and I'm this high. And you had four people evaluate your, you and three of them agreed with you and one disagreed. That's probably you're probably accurate. Right. But if three of them disagreed with you. Yeah. Then you need to you need to be allow yourself to be vulnerable and say, can we discuss this? Let's explain. Let me dig in, uh, or you know, what are uh, and then when you find examples, then you can go back to your mentor and say, here was an example on that they utilized, and what could I have done differently? What could I improve on? And what is available to me? Right. what uh, one more thing is, then as you find mentors. My mom would always say, "Go mentor others." And sometimes you don't wait till you know everything. But when you start te- teaching others what you're learning, you will be surprised that you're still le- you will learn from them. But you will see yourself and your skills develop even quicker. And that's that's a real big key. We call it pay it forward. You know, uh, great leaders pay it forward, and that's how they do it.
1: that's brilliant is there a way people can work with you do you offer like one-on-one coaching or group coaching anything like that
0: yeah yeah we do it all you know uh, i mean i do one-on-one coaching um i we do group coaching in fact uh, you know like the women they we uh, have six women gather together virtually now you know so they could be anywhere you know but we'll we'll do that you know uh, over you know six to eight week programs um but the one-on-one coaching we do, and then I do workshops as well. My website markfillorial.com shows uh, if you go to the training, it shows the different workshops, the different webinars. Uh, but also, uh, uh, we have e-learning available for the uh, script for aspiring women leaders. Uh, that uh, the book is in five chapters, so the e-learning is in five chapters as well. Uh, and we made it very inexpensive, you know, for what people pay for e-learning out there are, you know, but. It really goes in depth, and it uh, and uh, we have organizations that uh, utilize that for several other people. That they say, hey, once a week, uh, take two hours or take an hour uh, a day and work with your group on here, so they can start uh, identifying who wants to be a leader. Has the, you know, it's easy to say you have the passion for it, but it's the action that speaks it. Of course. Say so, uh, and that's what that helps do as well as who's doing doing the lessons, who's struggling with it. It's okay to struggle with it, but then who's not really executed on the lessons. And then the most important thing, is, I always say, and we we do this in any program that I teach, is find a accountability partner. When you have an accountability partner, uh, and we have a form that, what are the three things you want to be held accountable on? But the accountability partner is a a 10-minute meeting once a month uh, on uh and it's three things well what is the one thing i'm going to work on this in the next 30 days on my personal development what is the one thing in the next 30 days i'm going to work on in my professional development okay and then the third one is what one item that has a measurement so an achievement that's measured uh do i want to accomplish uh, you know and uh When you know you're gonna meet with that accountability partner, it's like, oh, I gotta make sure I do that. Uh, When you're behind on one of them, the accountability partner needs to uh, hold you accountable, sometimes call you out on it. But many times you'll find that's where uh, uh, mentorship comes as well Is well, what was your struggle? What was the roadblock that you weren't able to get it done? Or if you've had this one item for two months in a row, you know, uh, are you uh, biting off more than you can chew? You know, is it too do, do we need to break it down a little more? You know uh, what is occurring? But when you have an accountability partner, you uh, the things you need it to moves forward on leaps and bounds
1: right. But uh, is there like a specific uh, characteristic of your accountability partner? does that is can you, your accountability partner be a friend, or does that have to be a colleague or someone completely unrelated to your personal professional life?
0: I would always try to recommend have it be a peer, but, It doesn't have to be someone in the same business. Uh, Let me tell you that the practice comes from, uh, there's many groups out there, uh, out here, we call them EO, executive uh, organizations. So where CEOs go to. And so they're working with other CEOs and this is exactly what they do. So it's CEOs of different industries, but they have different accountability partners. So this is just bringing it down to the employee level uh, on how you want to develop. But the biggest thing I preach is, what are you doing with self-accountability um, right. uh, and hopefully that instills that within the person uh, if you were to read the millennial factor and the reason i wrote the millennial factor is i had high success with millennials and uh, there's a lot of myths out there about millennials that i, I wanted to dispel uh, i always say that they're the most courageous workforce that's ever worked for me and uh people i uh, had one person say well millennials why why should i invest in them they're gonna they're not loyal they're gonna jump job to job and i'm saying my comment was you haven't shown them what a career is and that's why they're leaving you and yeah. but so once you establish a culture where they say i could have a career here you will be surprised on how loyal they become uh and uh, it, and so i realized that um manager uh, leaders not managers but uh, leaders that are strong in a lot of areas that whether they're working for baby with baby boomers like myself um, but because they're strong in areas of communication transparency the additional items that uh, millennials gravitate to they're strong with millennials so uh you know i did well with all the other uh workforce groups and the millennials uh success came naturally because they liked that I was transparent I right. always explained and I always have on why we do things so they like the why where uh, as a, I'm a baby boomer I didn't have to know the why' I, because I get paid for it because it's in my right. job description yeah but when you tell me the why I appreciate it so the fact that I would tell everybody the why it just created a better culture and uh, So that's why uh, the millennials appreciate that. But uh, one of the big things that I teach them is, and I think we already spoke about that, is make sure that your values and your mission align with the organization that you're working with. But then the next stage is really understand what the initiatives of your organization are, because uh, if you want to succeed, then and then start taking self-accountability on your personal development. And so when you go to your employer and it might be your direct manager and you say, Hey, what are some of the skills that I can advance myself on? Is there things I could read or, or or that you could point me to that will help our organization's initiatives. Right. And you, you show that then when they're looking to invest and develop somebody, you've made that choice easy. When they're looking to promote somebody, you've made that choice easy. Yeah. And so the, the perception that millennials are entitled it, it is not true. Uh, they may what happens is is that we just in our work environment haven't taken the responsibility of educating them on here's what it takes to be successful in an organization. Here's and that's what I teach organizations how to build career lattices. Okay, so on day one, anyone that works for me says, here are all the roles within our organization and the skill sets for each role. So If if while you're working here, you have uh, uh, you start to see, hey, I think I could do very good in that role, even if it's lateral. That's why it's called a career lattice. You know the skill sets. And if you start taking self-development in that and then make it know that you want to grow, it eliminates any perception of entitlement. So it's really it's they're not entitled. They just haven't been educated by their employer.
1: That's very in-depth. Thank you for doing that because millennials are, I think the issue is that the culture is so dynamic now. It's changing every day. And I think millennials are somewhat, they they become used to this instant gratification because of how things are set up now. So if I were to ask you this, because I think as a millennial myself, we have these moments of dissatisfaction. Even if our job is going well, we are being paid well. A career path takes time. It takes time to cultivate something that you can, after a while, look at and say that, okay, I I, I did well here. But when you have, when monotony sets in, when you're sick and tired of that 95, 95 routine, in those moments of dissatisfaction, what factor should we consider when we are evaluating our choices, when we are looking at a career and wondering whether we're making the right choices or whether we need like a completely different uh, routine, a completely different field or evaluating it for whether we're in the right place or not? What factor should we consider?
0: Well, I mean, uh, well, I really spoke to what you should consider up front is your values and your mission and then right, where all right. your traits you know, were. It, I, I switch it to your qualities of those traits. So can they align with that as well? But uh, you bring up a good point because in all things I teach, I always teach that there's an evaluation time frame. You know, so if you're doing your action plan, then you go back and evaluate, how am I doing on my action plan? If you're making decisions or solving problems, how did I work on solving that problem? Does it point back to our my value system? Uh, so one of the things that I used to always have hanging up in my office was a big baseball diamond. And I did that because I wanted it visible. I wanted people to ask about it, but it was how do you critical think through any situation? So if you're working and you're not say, I don't know if it's moving as quick as I like, i'm not sure if i'm happy as much uh, the baseball diamond taught it this way because in baseball home plate is where you start and if you're and if you go around the basis home plate is where you finished so first i you know re-identify your values your principles and your mission and are they the same because even companies sometimes have to reevaluate their mission and their values as right. they grow and develop every three to five years maybe uh, so are they the same a lot of times it's, they'll add one more value. It might be work life balance. That seems to be a common one. Well, you know what? All these are, but you know, I'm just, man, I'm working too much and it's taken away from here. Well, then work, or, or I'm not having fun here. You know, so fun at the workplace. And, what, and let's describe what fun is, you know. Uh, but uh, so it's like, is that value strong enough to make you drive a change now? is that addition or that change strong enough that y- you might be at a point that you need to say maybe I need a change because I still need all these values but I do need a place that has work-life balance but also what does that work-life balance comes with identify if add by adding that work-life balance if it's going to hinder how fast you grow okay because that should weigh in your decision everything's a weight you know um, right of
1: course
0: because then come back and then evaluate that hopefully uh, within the organization I'm with, maybe I could bring this issue up. They allow me to be vulnerable. Hey, uh, I'm having some concerns about work-life balance. I'll need a little more balance here and and see what their response is. And uh, I can tell you that uh, as, uh, as I've coached and this is kind of life coaching, uh, Three of the four people, so 75% of the people that go and address this with their current employer are surprised by the responses in their favor. Yeah. So, so that is my advice of, okay, I'm here. I'm not sure. How do I address it? And I always tell people, you have to address it. I, I have a saying, oh, it's my mom's. Confrontation is a benefit, meaning uh, don't be confrontational. It means if you have a situation, confront it, because it will always be there until you get to the other side. And and uh, and, and to remember that uh, the 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 best advice I have for everybody is, no matter what, you're going to have ups and downs. You know, look at our society today with COVID and everything. I mean, that's something that no one could yeah. have predicted. Uh, yeah. But you have to define what drives you, and and. Uh, what you appreciate and start keeping a, a list, a journal, put it on your wall, uh, just like you should have your goals on the wall. If you want to take a trip to uh, uh, Italy, put a picture of Italy up. But, uh, you, you know, my mom had the statement of remember what it feels like when you're on that mountaintop, because your life will be lived in the valleys. But because you remember what each time that you get to that mountaintop, it will make you wanna get back there. It'll drive your ambition. Yeah, It will build your passion and that's where your passion should come from. And uh, uh, a lot of times we uh, think that we're owed the mountaintops uh, and we're not. You owe the mountaintop. You owe it to the mountaintop to get back there. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's beautiful. So maybe in moments of dissatisfaction, we can evaluate what's keeping us there Against what's driving us away, and before we throw in the towel, maybe we can explore the current situation for solutions that are more in keeping with where we are at, right. and try and find solutions with the people we're already working with, and do it with gratitude and humility.
0: Absolutely, maybe that would. Well, I love the word yeah. humility. My my mommy always tell me humility is a strength, not a weakness. You know, uh, but I've seen people that left an employer because it's like, well, we started to fill this. And then they're not happy where they're at. And then their prior employer finds out why they left and like, well, why didn't they say something? Uh, we really like Jimmy here. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we could have done what he asked, but we certainly w- w- would have explored it. Because to an employer too, first of all, if you're doing those other things that I advise you on, uh, taking self-accountability, asking the employer, what are things I can learn that will help our organization? Uh, It it costs them money to lose you, Uh, yeah, and and to hire someone else and retrain you, and hopefully there'll be uh, an employee just like you, (laughs) you know. Uh, So it's like uh, any smart employer is going to realize that. Um.
1: That makes sense. Uh, now I know that you you told us about your programs, how you can help people, uh, how they can approach you for help. But if somebody's not at that stage and somebody wants to independently explore these areas, are there any books you recommend or any podcasts you recommend that people can uh, use to learn more about these uh, these areas?
0: Well, well, there's several. You know, obviously podcasts like like your yours here, as well. Uh, One Minute Manager is a book whether you're in management or not. Uh, Shortcuts Get You Lost is the first book I, I wrote, and so it's a mindset of culture. You know, uh, obviously, if you're a millennial or uh, you employ millennials, because the millennial factor uh, goes uh, advises employers and the millennials. And then uh, a script for aspiring women leaders obviously is for women who as- aspire. But um, there's other great books out there. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Written by Stephen Covey. I'm a big habits person, and I speak about it all the time. I wish I had better habits of eating healthier, but it, uh, that's a you know, true you know, sign of you know what your habits have. It's what the results you have. The uh, you know there's other books depending on on which ones that you would go to, but um, I, I would also uh, suggest uh, there's a uh, you could sign up for Minute with Maxwell. Uh, John Maxwell has where it says daily and it's free, but you get a 60 second video of him speaking about something and it's very uh, inspiring uh, as well. Uh, And then on my website, you can find my YouTube channel where I have uh, short videos, but I have also quick e-learnings that are free that are 10 to 15 minutes on whatever the subject matter is uh, that, uh, yeah, so... They can see the flavor on how I do things as well, and and there's one more uh, because uh, you probably have some whether they're young or whether they're older people that want to be entrepreneurs. I want to be an entrepreneur, and they may not understand that concept. But Jeff Jeff Hoffman, uh, who was one of the co-founders of Priceline, uh, he has a, a, a TED talk out there, 12 minutes long. I would suggest that any person that wants to be an entrepreneur listen to his TED talk because he talks about the three steps of how to be a successful entrepreneur Uh, and I can tell you it cuts to the chase and it saves time and it's real simplified and so
1: I'll make sure to share the links to each and every one of these resources now for my final question that I ask every guest uh, considering you know how busy people are these days you know they tend to ignore a lot of the advice that you give them so, if considering that, what would be the one tip you would give uh, to the listeners that could enhance the quality of their life?
0: Yeah, naturally, you say that. and I think of my mom, <laughs> and it's one of the one of the stories I tell in my book, Leadership Lessons from Mom, where uh, I I, I, you know, I have a few boys, so I would drop them off to her, and, and because I would run and and do something else, you know. And she, she loved, you know, obviously all her grandkids, but one day she stopped me and she says, you know, it's uh, Hispanic mother, so Marcos Santonio, she'd speaking Spanish, you know, the, my first and middle name in Spanish, which means she wanted to get my attention. But uh, she's like, uh, you need to start recognizing what you have in front of you. And you need to do something that matters today with them. And in life, you need to slow up and always recognize what's in front of you. And whether it's other people, people you're responsible for, people you can help. But if you can go to bed at each night, And and realize that you did something that matters, then you will make a big impact in the world. Because it's each day that you have to ask that question instead of letting things get by you, thinking that there's tomorrow to do it. Uh, Because eventually you'll be surprised how quickly a week and a month and a year goes. That uh, each time, and she reminded me of that as well when I had a friend pass away in high school. uh, That. Um, I always thought there was time to be a, uh, he wanted to be a closer friend and I never had time for him, you know, so I'm, I'm being a little vulnerable here. And it was, you know, I still, it was still one of those reminders of had to, had, you know, you need to do something that matters. Life's not always about you. It's about others. And, and the more that you realize that, do something that matters, pay it forward. You will realize how blessed your life is. So my advice to everybody is, can you ask yourself at the end of each day, did you do something that matters today? Or did you just get caught up in the hustle and bustle of everything else?
1: Beautiful. That was Mark Villarreal. And I hope you are one step closer to choosing the right path for yourself. If you want the list of resources mentioned in this episode, you can get it on my website, narrative.com. Search for the podcast episode and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. And if you want to get in touch with our guests, the page will have all their relevant information. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at Mehra underscore Kruppi so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Instagram or use the contact page on my website. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care
0: of yourself.